0: Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk about our WNBA draft predictions, an NWSL Challenge Cup update, and our thoughts on March Madness. Here are your hosts...
1: So we're going to start today off with a question for the one, the only Alicia Cowison, because the March Madness final four has, or finals has wrapped up. Mm -hmm. What do you think in your head when I say 4.8 million viewers, baby let's, (laughs) can you believe first and foremost, how incredible that tournament was start to finish? Yep. And then to end her all off, you get the most viewership for the women's game since 2008.
0: I heard most viewed NCAA game, men's or women's, since 2008. Whoa. That is just unbelievable. I feel like I've said it on like 10 of 20 episodes, but... For the 21st episode, when you put women's sports on TV,
1: (laughs) people watch it. People want to see it. And the storylines. And we talked about last week, too, just about how they connected the WNBA in there was super cool. So how'd you end up with your bracket there?
0: You know, uh, we've talked about that. I am an underdog fan. My bracket very much represented that mentality. (laughs) which means I deleted the app after March Madness was done because there was no need for me to brag about anything within my bracket. (laughs) It stunk. Um, The entertainment value, though, for me, I could give a hoot if my bracket stunk, especially when I paid $0 to play in the thing. Um, But I know there was some people in this world that did far, far better than me, probably yourself included, buddy.
1: I, you know what? I was pretty jacked with my Spokane division. I'm, I was flawless in my Spokane division. Bridgeport was also pretty good. It's my Wichita that just killed me in the (laughs) bracket, but it, it's just so fun. And I'm, yeah, it was awesome. And so I did the um, Just Women's Sports with the partnered with Dick Sporting Good, and mm-hmm. so I did that one. The winner—I'm w- going to try this last name, mm-hmm. Emily. Don't get mad at me, mm-hmm. Emily uh,
0: Siverud. Uh, yeah, Siverud, Sivarud.
1: Siverud. So they pro—she uh, won the entire bracket. There was thousands of people that went on and did the Just Women Sports one. Her bracket is like she got three games wrong out of the entire tournament.
0: Uh, that's mind-boggling to me. Again, also mind-boggling because I had more than three wrong in the very the first, first day <laughs> of my <Mush> Pandas. <laughs> yeah. So my hopes were set relatively no- low right off the hop, but she uh, clearly knows more about basketball than me or had a horseshoe
1: Oh my God, (laughs) it was, yeah, she, so congratulations, uh, 150K, and this is a little heartwarming story for you. So she wins this bracket, it's unbelievable, and then she writes, I'm going to upgrade myself and my fiance's flights to first class for our honeymoon. Let's go. March Madness, incredible, ending off with the best story ever. Congratulations, your bracket was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's wild. So that good. Sets, that sets the bar for next se- season. oh legit sure. now yeah.
1: everyone's gonna be watching for her <laughs> I know right? what are you thinking Emily?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing It's like the um when they break down you know ESPN TSN all the you know the athletic what their predictions are it's mm-hmm. going to be Emily Siverud's predictions That's for the right. 2023 March Madness bracket That's right she crushed it
1: So what do you think of the game?
0: Oh, you know, I mean, I love those championship games. I actually saw on Instagram that there was more than 18,000 people that went to that game, which made me very jealous of those yeah, fans. Yeah, totally. In um, quite honestly, I I think it was exactly as we kind of predicted it would be, where South Carolina is just that good. Yeah, They were just that good and um, made it really hard on the likes of people like Paige Beckers to get anything really going in that game. And it seemed kind of definitive pretty early on. There were moments where UConn came back and made a real game of it, but overall it was a pretty, in my opinion, pretty decisive
1: win. That's um, when I, when I was watching it and this is going to sound You know, whatever they say, Gino said, the reason we won the previous game is because we we got rebounds. We rebounded the ball really well. And he, like the interview where Holly Rowe went over and was like, So what's going on? He's like, We're not rebounding. Mm -hmm. That's it. We're not doing the things that we need to do to be successful. That's it. And in my like watching his body language on the bench and stuff. I think he knew something wasn't feeling right or something wasn't clicking. in like the first six minutes of that game.
0: And we said that last episode, there was just no room there in that level of, of competition. There's just no room to come out slow to have a bad quarter. Um, Um, No, especially when teams can hit threes like they, they have been or did throughout the course, course of March madness. It, it's it becomes a three four possess- possession shift in the scoreboard, like in the blink of an eye. Yeah, uh, the likes of you talked about her, Destiny Henderson, talk about coming up big when you need it to. Twenty six points, the highest point she's ever put up in her NCAA career in
1: the finals of March Madness. Some people are just built for it. I know she was just unstoppable. Yeah, she, I could not believe how good she played. And she's 5'7". Yeah. Oh, like yeah. she's,
0: she, I, it was funny because I was talking again to my Uncle Garth um, about the, the final game and he said, always bet on a senior point guard.
1: Oh, yeah. And always
0: bet on a senior guard. That's true. That his feedback, so. That's true. Um, she, yeah, she was an absolute beast out there.
1: Yeah. And so that game was a little bit more lopsided than I was anticipating it to be, but all in all incredible 4.8 mil people tuning in you can't ask for anything better than that
0: yeah no it was it was fun to watch and and next time we've we've said it now let's just not hum and haw let's go it was an eight hour drive and we didn't go (laughs) we gotta go (laughs) yeah next time if there's an opportunity especially like that within driving reach um we gotta go
1: jump in the track don't even think yeah just get out there because i think their timing like, obviously, March Madness is always going to happen in March, but now, literally, people like Henderson, Howard, Engsler, these incredible women are now literally on such a high mm-hmm. of everything that happened throughout this tournament. Yep. We're right into the draft.
0: Yes. So, the WNBA draft happens tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, so it would be yesterday for you by the time this hits your ears. Which is really exciting. And I think the buzz, you're right, happening around this inaugural um, matching of March Madness between the men's and women's brackets. There is so much momentum in women's sports, never mind women's basketball. Yes, And they've done an incredible job of of really highlighting these women um, that we talked about that. They did that during the broadcast of March Madness, now bringing them in for finally after a couple of years of missing the in-person buzz of events like this through the pandemic um there's 12 of them who get to go and be a part of the WNBA draft. And and like you said, there's been, what was it, the hoop bus?
1: The hoop bus. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then just to go back to what you said at the beginning of um, when you started talking about the draft, it has never been a better time to be a female basketball player. Oh, 100%. It's never been a better time to be a female basketball player. The yep. amount of opportunities that are there, and then to be able to watch this huge tournament now right into the draft, like if... I, if I was a basketball player right now, I would be excited about yeah. everything that can happen. So, um, to the they just and then even with the hoop bus, whoever thought of the hoop bus, what so Cali was just talking about, it is a your standard school bus, yeah, and they put a basketball hoop on the front of it. And so, what the twelve women that were invited to the draft. Jumped in the old school bus, drove around town and would do pickup games with kids all yeah. over the city and tell them about the draft. And, you know, we're we're prospects like we're going to be playing in the WNBA next year. And I was like, is there anything cooler than the hoop bus? And
0: for us, it kind of strikes a chord. So Addie and I, <clears throat> for those of you listening, there's there's been lots of like mulling and, and dreaming of you know, where does this go and what's next? And one of the things that we've talked about was a beauties bus. Oh, yeah. And how cool it would be at some point in our lives to have this deckled out beauties bus and we can, you know, take the pod on the road and talk to athletes in person and be a part of some of these events. And so for us, the hoop bus was <laughs> like, oh, there's a little tang in there right on the heartstrings. Yeah. Of how cool that would be.
1: And just the... Because like, I always think the experience from everybody from all around. So the 12 women that are in that bus driving around, people are like waiting at the door for you to come out and you're out there playing basketball and you know you're going to be drafted to the mm-hmm. WNBA in two days. Yep. So unreal I seeing know. kids wear your jersey. Like whoever came up with the hoop bus, good good on you. That's <laughs> such a great idea. But on that bus, Destiny Henderson. Yep. um. Ryan Howard, Emily Engsler, it is a star-studded cast on that bus.
0: Oh, yeah, big time, big time. And it—and this is the, the fun part for me, too, is um, as much as you compete, we know this from our sports crews, as much as you compete against one another, once given the opportunities like this, whether it is in the form of banquets, like we heard at the U Sports Nationals, or... Um, something like this going into the WNBA draft, they instantly become best friends. Absolutely,
1: yeah. everybody is women connected, up other women, which is awesome. That's exactly right. Because while well, we were even talking about the shift within the draft, so like the teams, because Natasha Cloud was all over the screen <laughs> yep. when Mystics got their first round pick, being like, "I told you, coach. Yep, put me in. Yep. I'll get you your first round pick." And then they go. And they traded her to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, first, no, Indiana. First overall pick they had and traded it off to Indiana. um, for So that bumps them down to the third overall pick in this first round.
1: I think Atlanta has first pick.
0: I thought it was Indiana.
1: I think it goes Atlanta, Indiana, Mystics. One two three. We're well, looking it up. You keep going. <laughs> I'm looking
0: it up. Um, and so, what a like you know exactly to your point of the draft and 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 draft picks. And we can fact check me here, but. You're right, because Indiana is two four six now that I fact check myself in my own brain <laughs> yeah. with the turned and off, off iPad. That was just yeah. for show. Um, you're right. Indiana is two four six ten because that was my biggest thing for them was in my experience, I I mentioned this before we hit record today. I always revert back to fantasy drafts because let's be honest, I'm not a GM. I don't live through real life drafts. And the stress in a fantasy draft, never mind a real life WNBA draft, of having two, four, six, ten, yeah, in the first round, um, you know, there is you feel like there's some certainties. Every every kind of vision that we've seen put out into the world says that Ryan Howard is going to go first, right? Kind of unanimous decisions uh, are around Melissa Smith going second, overall, but. Once you get into that four five six, there starts to be some shuffle and expectations of who's gonna go where. and if you're the Indiana fever who are in desperate need of rebuilding in almost all facets of their team, it's a lot of pressure of being able to react and and beyond your game. you know you can basically breathe after the first round.
1: yeah, exactly. and I think because you just I forgot but like, big predictions are saying Smith is going second because I would say Howard's Howard has been talked about going first overall forever. That's right. Yep. But after, after the display that Henderson just put on mm-hmm. and you think about it, Indiana, a team that struggled to put up points, struggled to have that kind of swag yep. from their guards coming up the court. Like Ken, mm-hmm. Can you pass by Henderson? Because you know, if you don't take her, she's going in the top, she's going in the top five. You think so? I think so. I think if you, if you go into the environment that South Carolina just did and don't get me wrong, she is absolutely surrounded by the athletes. At the highest, like she was very much supported during all that final, but of and and you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. But she put up the best game she ever has in a championship game.
0: Yeah, no, that, I, that's
1: I, a, that to me puts you in a different category of athleticism.
0: I I don't I don't disagree that she I mean she put on a show at the right time of putting on a show, but the fact that you know the twelve women that are going to this WNBA draft obviously are the expectations of what's the most likely to be that top 12 that go in the draft. Right. Um, she is, there's only three of them that are within the five foot category. Her, uh, Nia Cloud and Veronica Burton are the only five footers, five, seven, five, eight, five, nine respectively. And I think that, with the size of the WNBA, and even though, yes, she had a great season, yes, she put up great numbers, yes, she's a proven champion, I I don't think she's... I think you see... I wouldn't be shocked Indiana Anna takes her in the sixth spot.
1: Mm, interesting. But I'm not sure she
0: goes in the top five.
1: Really? Interesting. Because you mentioned Cloud in there, and they were talking about... like. To me, I think she's going to be... 10, 11, 12, like that's where I put Cloud in because mm-hmm. they call her the the silent assassin. Mm-hmm. She's just quiet and does her job. And, you know, so I think that's where she goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I think it's going to be very, very interesting because Angsler, what is she, six? Yes, six, one. Six, one. So, and just came off like an incredible, incredible career. So the, the exciting part about it is, is that the decisions of the WNBA are getting harder and harder and harder, and totally. that's the exciting part. Totally,
0: and I think that I think it's going to get messy at the five spot. I think exactly where you're saying I think is where it starts to get messy. I think that's the New York Liberties pick, and I think that there's enough big forward centers, six one, six two, six fivers in there that it's anyone's best guess of where they prioritize. I've- Totally. Well, because you
1: just get you just get like they just signed uh Steph Dolson, Mm -hmm. their their um coach is just you know, uh, you're right. It'll get down into that five six spot, but I do I do think Henderson's going top five. Okay. I do think ooh, it's fun here, folks. (laughs) It's gonna gonna be fun.
0: We will recap that next week. I do think it's gonna be interesting to see if um Nayara Sabali joins her sister. Dallas yeah. has the seventh pick in the draft and her older sister is a Dallas wing. Yeah. So Second will, overall yeah. in
1: 2020. Yeah. So. so we
0: will see if she joins her sister at the seventh overall pick in the WMB draft.
1: So fun. So fun. Were you a little bit surprised when you saw the trade between the mystics and Atlanta?
0: Considering I thought it was to Indiana for a bit there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I yes
1: yeah. and no. Um,
0: there is always a position, especially when you've got an opportunity. So in that trade, they got two additional draft picks in this year's draft with an opportunity for a potential swap in next year's draft. Right. And when you look at the list, and this is probably one of the deepest WNBA drafts that we've seen in a, a handful of years, at least, um, If you're not as concerned about filling gaps, but looking proactively to fill deeper holes in your roster uh, and looking for the future, then I understand the move.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what they were thinking, Mm -hmm. like, to be honest, because it's got to be something drastic to give up the first round pick knowing that you've got Howard there, you know, and so because she's going one or two. Oh, yeah. So you d- you just gave up, Howard, is the way that yeah. I look at it. So you got to think they felt like they were strong enough in that position and that yeah. they needed to look elsewhere. So smart move if that's their if that's their kind of thought process going into it because 44 Women out of NCAA alone, I think mm-hmm. you mentioned 88 overall, yeah. registered f- for the draft, which I think is huge.
0: Yeah, so keeping in mind that there are people who don't get drafted, right? Mm-hmm. So every year there's a new class of of NCAA players that declare um, into the WNBA draft, but that also then includes people from overseas, people that aren't part of the NCAA, people who have declared in a previous year. Um, we saw a lot of stuff come out of AU this year. Oh, yeah. Right? So Athletes Unlimited, we've talked about it before on the show, where now we're seeing um, opportunities in the WNBA based on their performance in something like Athletes Unlimited. So the WNBA is is poised to continue to grow without question, uh, in my mind. We've talked about that, where we think that there's opportunities to mm-hmm. expand. Um, when you got 88 people signed up to with a hope and a dream to play in the WNBA, it's hard to deny.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. And then when you look at
0: when you look at what's left in the NCAA. Oh yeah. And the future oh, of basketball that's gonna come out of that. Never mind, like I say, overseas and all of these other organizations that have like the elite of the elite professional players in them.
1: I couldn't agree more. Like the Haley Jones, the Paige Beckers, like they're not even in the draft yet. The Boston, like, little like,
0: bit <laughs> What? Yeah. The future is super bright for oh, basketball. Oh, yeah.
1: No, totally agree. Her <laughs> uh, her trophy shelf is going to be pretty full this year, hey? Yeah. In hey, Boston? Exactly. They Got don't a fit in the old toad <laughs> under the <laughs> stairs like mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Unreal. That was one of the coolest things too is watching her parents. Her yeah. parents, she was from the Virgin Islands. I don't know if you saw her mom hanging the Virgin Island flag mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. That was pr- that was really cool.
0: Yeah, did you see the trophy that um what trophy was that? I don't know, this big glass ball. I was like, of all the thing, and it was like
1: teetering on, oh jeez. is it the one that she won that In the what was that MVP? it, it was uh, I think it was outstanding player. that's right. Well, yeah, that's outstanding. What
0: it was. And it's like of of all of the designs, let's give you the we're gonna give you we're a, we're gonna put it on a table that is, I don't know, three feet wide. <laughs> the base is two feet wide. And then it narrows to a two and a half inch wide little peg that a enormous foot and a half wide crystal ball <laughs> sits, sits on <laughs> and it's like you could see them like oh okay, you know,
1: and everyone's it off so nervous and, and, and she's shaky. like I got, it.
0: I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and then instantly trying to put it back down like I don't got it. Yeah. And where am I going to put it? I just was like
1: what kind of trophy is You've this? You've got like hundreds of people jumping on you. Yeah. And stuff and you're like I've got my crystal ball. I have please to take it. Don't breathe. Yeah, please. Yeah, and, yeah anyways, that was a
0: sidebar, but that was a weird uh that oh, was strange trophy to me. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna
1: she's gonna have to expand the old trophy trophy case yeah, after she's this year. Build a
0: glass case around that glass ball. Yeah,
1: to yeah. hold
0: it totally on the trophy.
1: Because I think she, oh, she just dominated this year. Like she just dominated this year. It's unbelievable. So. I also like the m- mismatching shoes. Oh yeah. And then totally it coordinated her with her hair and yeah. she has a lot of swag going on over there. Like so much more than me. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Well, you don't have to rub it in. Well, <laughs> I was putting myself in that oh, same category. I was like, Oh yeah, no, yeah, no she Kelly, wins. I dressed you when I got yeah. here.
0: today. brought you a hoodie, brought you a
1: <laughs> <laughs> You don't have style, but you're right. Here's your stuff. Um, because with, with the expansion talk of the WNBA, mm-hmm. there are two expansions in the NWSL, mm-hmm. and we've seen very different starts from the two different expansion teams, from San Diego and Angel City.
0: Yeah, we sure have. Uh, goal differential for for them is um, not in Angel City's favor. I think mm-hmm. they're minus seven through the first four games that they've played in the uh, Challenge Cup. Yeah, And yeah, a bit of a rough go. Uh, otherwise right. there's a lot of competition happening within the challenge cup. There's a lot of draws. There's a there's lot, a lot of, draws. of draws as of
1: right now in the East division, North Carolina courage is leading the whole thing with eight points and you and I, we talk about this all the time because mm-hmm. four games played, two wins, two draws, and you're, and you're winning. You're, you're in you the lead. come
0: out of hockey you can tell we come out of hockey cuz i'm like what is with <laughs> I know it's part of the culture i know it's part of but when it comes to because it's the challenge cup you could make you whatever rules you want yeah
1: you could say let's have penalties mhm oh yeah no you could have let's an entire a winner you can have a dis- completely different you know set of rules for the Challenge Cup over what the NWSL League is like. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But they are not. Nope. <laughs> and the draw the tie thing, um yeah, from a coach's perspective, it's probably like it's obviously nice in some ways that you can tie and you can still walk away with a point, at least. But it, the the psychological piece is the part that I'm like so you could go like however many games and you could like you could tie all of them
0: you know and and i guess so if you win a game you get three points if you tie a game you get one point if you lose you get nothing obviously Mm -hmm. and that was a bit mind-boggling to me earlier when we discussed this before the record button went red um but then when you think about it now again that's the reason for an increased value for a win is because if you go all season and draw, 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 draw. Uh, valid. Yeah. It
1: gives you that extra you don't push just to be double able your to... points
0: if you win. You, you've got the added.
1: Yeah. Very true. Very true. Because as of right now, in the East Division, Courage is the only team that's won two games. In the West Division, OL Rain and Portland have both got two wins, tied at seven points. And same thing with the Central Division with the Red Stars and the Kansas City Current. And. With the current for me, a team that struggled so much last year mm-hmm. to make the changes that they did, and this is where, like in my opinion, smart coaching, um, really smart general manager comes into play because the additions of Sam Lewis, uh Lynn Williams, Adriana French, it's like those three players have done, and they've got veterans like Desiree Scott too, those players have made such an impact that they go essentially from the bottom two teams to now being being in a really competitive spot. Mm-hmm. Completely attacked what they were weak in, made the trades, made what they needed to do, and now yep. it's coming full full circle for them. For me, Kansas City has been the complete win of the beginning of this year.
0: I would agree with that. And that's kind of goes back to the Indiana fever conversation where it's rebuild time. It's time to really put all the cards on the table and decide what what our identity is and what changes we need to make. And that's something that Kansas City clearly did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, like I had mentioned before, I got some work in Kansas City. We got manufacturing
1: in Kansas. Gotta go to a game. Gotta go to a game. Gotta go to a game. But... Mm -hmm even in the West division. So we've got both expansion teams in the West division Mm -hmm. with San Diego and Angel City, um, San Diego, four points, Angel City, one point, and then O.L. Rain and Portland tied at seven. It's that's a tough Portland putting two expansion teams in against in the same division as Portland and O.L. Rain was like, throwing them right into the fire. Well, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. I guess when you look at yeah, where else where else cuz it's clearly geographical but right. Um in in it does make you yeah, we'll see because we've talked about it before too with the challenge cup being um maybe not considered of the same value as the actual season of the NWSL. Right. So it'll be very interesting to see how things shape up as we close out the Challenge Cup and and enter into um, the quote-unquote regular season of the NWSL, right. which happens later this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what shifts uh, after the Challenge Club Cup is done. Yeah, I think... Because when you don't know... Like every other team that we're talking about here has the advantage of having previous seasons. It will. Exactly. And these two organizations are are as as fresh off the press as they can be. Mm -hmm. And so who knows?
1: Yeah. Lots of time. For sure. If we head on over to the East Division, though... We want to get into the Washington Spirit-Gotham showdown. I love a little Twitter banter. (laughs) Showdown on Twitter. Twitter. They had some words on Twitter, the Washington Spirit and Gotham FC. They did.
0: Yeah. We, I have used the phrase, I wish Twitter warriors went away. But when they're not, or keyboard warriors went away. But these guys, everyone knows who they are. They know each other. So it feels less, less, less keyboard warrior-esque because they're addressing one another directly.
1: Yes. Very
0: much directly on that.
1: And it went on for a while. There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of different people chiming in on it. It, Yeah,
0: exactly. So uh, Washington and and Gotham tied and Washington put a post up on Twitter uh, with a too soon Gotham comment on a play where uh there was it looked like some ankles might be rolled (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah there was some backlash of that which you know what competitive nature totally i don't hate it me neither as long as they can have a beer about it at some point and it doesn't become this reoccurring theme whatever
1: yeah no for sure Is competitive that's what i think too i'm like if if you can because it's not like she was saying it behind closed doors being no. sneaky. And we're talking about Ashlyn Harris defending Allie there. Um, it's. She said it out in the open. And mm-hmm. I guarantee they'd go for beers after. So that's the whole deal. I that's did all. say,
0: I'm not sure that Ashlyn Harris is someone like, I'm. Um, I, I think I'm relatively tough. I mean, I talk a bigger game than I have, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks like an old bullshit kind of human being.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think she did mean... I think she meant to make a point by saying what she said. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah. oh yeah. I don't you know? that ever. Nope. Yeah. So, say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah. And I love, I love a good rivalry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like yeah. going to a game yep. and you know yeah. that there's passion behind it. It's like, why totally. do we think that Team Canada and Team USA has been such a big game for so long in hockey? It's because the rivalry is so deep. Mm -hmm. So if we get a good Washington Spirit-Gotham rivalry going on in the NWSL, I don't hate it. Nope, me either. either. I do not hate it. And I think it's got it like, and that's in like soccer culture, where you see half the stands that are one color and they're all wearing their scarves and the other and they would just do anything Mm -hmm. for their team, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. So I'm in, I'm down. I just thought it was hilarious how far it went
0: oh yeah and then it's also funny to me when regular joe's like yourself and myself <laughs> start to chime in and like
1: Ooh, Ooh. someone woke up on the wrong side of their cornflakes it's more like mixing all of the yeah craziness so yeah no that was that was pretty fun so hey we're all in for rivalries over here and with saying that to the pwhpa came to a close mm-hmm. yep for this season, with Calgary taking the W for the showcases.
0: Yeah, they are oh, the Secret Cup champions.
1: Secret Cup champions. And Harvey's won the Montreal showcase that just mm-hmm. happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, a great hockey, unreal, so good. But that's the difference. Um, is that they actually did a secret cup champion from all the showcases across that happened this past season?
0: Yeah, so there was um, five five showcases that we've touched on. Most of them throughout the course of this show started out in Truro, went to Toronto, went to Ottawa, went to Washington, Washington ended up in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of those, and which is part of what I really enjoyed about how they structured this uh, tour for themselves. Is by having a point system, it allowed it to always be competitive Mm -hmm. instead of it becoming feeling like like a showcase that you're just putting on a show for the fans and trying to grow an audience. It allowed these women's women to compete with one another. So out of every showcase, like I mentioned, there's five showcases. Each team traveled to four of five showcases. The winner of that showcase got three points, second got two points, third got one point, and obviously whoever finished fourth didn't get anything. Big goose egg. Mm. And Scotiabank started out the first two showcases um, in Truro and Toronto winning it. Then they didn't play the third one. And then they got second in the uh, Washington showcase and then finished they're lucky that they finished Our third, third yep. in the Montreal showcase, yep. um, in that they finished with nine points. Harvey's, who to me, it was a bit of a shock because it seemed like in the last you know recent memory of mine that they are they were the team to beat, mm-hmm. and they started out on the year finishing second to Calgary in that trail Showcase Big Goose Egg in Toronto, which is what killed them. What killed them? Yeah, and then winning. Um, their last two in Ottawa and at home in Montreal. So they finished with eight points. Um, Boston, unfortunately, big goose egg across the entire season yep. or showcase season. But I think that doesn't do it justice in terms of the level of competition. It's, um, and part of that, too, has been both for the Boston region and, and Minnesota. The COVID didn't help.
1: Not COVID a chance.
0: And so lots of moving rosters and travel issues and things like that. So all in all, the Secret Dream Gap Tour to me was a was a big success. I think we've seen through social media that the players really enjoyed themselves. They put on a great show Yeah, uh, everywhere they went. I think they had excellent host communities that they went to, too they they felt like professionals or to me it looked like they were treated as they should be like professionals so i'm excited to see what the future for women's hockey holds and if we see another dream gap tour next year or if we're getting closer to that single viable league
1: yeah knock on wood because that's what we got to do we got to get to a point where it's one and the only thing um is that with all the different showcases, I 1,000% agree with you. And I'm super grateful for these sponsors that, you know, stepped up and said mm-hmm. like, no, we're, we're going to host something. You know, there's, they've got incredible sponsorships. So that's huge for for everybody. Like it's awesome for the women, but it, for us too, like to be able to watch consistently over the time period, I think is huge. Um, they had some hockey cards. They had some hockey Montreal, cards. Which I thought was awesome. But like... I uh, all I think is that it should like the whole cup piece of it should have been blown up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it did feel a little afterthought ish. Yeah, Um, I agree as a fan, um, and I think it was under under represented throughout the course of the showcases. Yeah, yeah. Almost at the end of each event, there should have been this update based on like. This is the results of this showcase. And so now Calgary or now Montreal or now Minnesota leads in the over secret championship. Yes, yeah, like exactly. this is
1: how it's rocking right now in this showcase, but this is affecting the, the secret cup yeah. by so-and-so. I just, I think there should have been a distinct difference between the people because I think, you know, Montreal taking the win here, which was awesome on home turf, couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. And like had... I think mary Philip Poulin showed up. I think Melody Daou showed up. I think they had a tremendous showing for like star-studded athletes at this showcase. But then Calgary got the trophy at the end. Like, I think they're just a little bit more explanation on both sides. Mm -hmm. But next year, we'll just do it. Yep. Unless there's a league. So, but man, there has been, you can't say that there's been a lack of hockey to watch this year. No, definitely not. Definitely you can't not. can't say that because the PHF, the PWHPA, overseas, like the NCAA with Ohio State taking it for the first time. Yep. Like it's been an incredible year for hockey.
0: Yeah, the rivalry series, the addition of you know that rivalry, rivalry series, series with the PWHPA right? in Pittsburgh. I thought that was that was really smart and really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, uh, we've already said it on this sh- this show. That the momentum in women's sports is evident. Oh, yeah. Basketball, but hockey included. And, you know, if any of you listening um, are big hockey fans, and I think that's, that's the message that I have for people is... We can we can also as just a collective hockey community continue to support one another through it. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself on what the PWHPA is trying to achieve. Yeah, um, and the people that are involved. You know, you can listen to episodes of the Noxie and Cax show where they go into the details of the CWHL folding and, and players from Canada and the U.S. coming together as this collective. Educate yourself on what the PHF is trying to do. Understand that it is one goal. Um, taken in slightly, slightly different directions, but there is no battle, and even from a youth sports perspective. Go out and watch. If you're listening and you're in Saskatoon, go to, go watch the Huskies play. If mm-hmm. you're here in Winnipeg, go watch a Bison game. Yeah. If you're in PEI, go watch a Panther game. Yeah. If you're in Concordia, go watch a Stinger game. But go and watch and support it. Because yeah. these women are at an elite level, whether you're U-sports, NCAA, or through any of these other leagues.
1: Yeah, Couldn't, could not agree more. And when you rattle off all the leagues that you just did and I didn't even cross an ocean no no that's right because the first thing that jumps into my head is all the women that we know that are over there Mm. like just living the dream having the time of their lives overseas playing in Europe right which hopefully you know Sophie Van Dale, which we were talking to last week you know that is That should be a natural progression for people to just think about, right? Mm -hmm. So, no, very, very cool. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So tons, yeah, tons of hockey this year. And then one that we've talked about, but it kind of went, you know, Grand Slams are always, you know, the main thing that people Mm -hmm. talk about. But then in between, we all... The yeah, WTA 250s, yeah. 500s, 1,000s, right? So there's a big uh, WTA 500 credit one in Charleston happening right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to kind of touch on this one is because big names go to WTA 500s. You have to compete be- between Grand yeah. Slams, yeah. right? So you've got Sabalenka, mm-hmm. number one seed, and uh, you know huge names. Uh, Fernandez was there. Um, Jessica Bagula was there. And it's just so interesting to me when you get to, you know, a WTA 500 event and you've got somebody that's made it so far in a grand slam and they're being eliminated in the round of 32, Mm -hmm. like that is how competitive tennis is. Mm -hmm. And so the final will be decided by the time everyone's listening to this, but it is between Ben Cheech. Number 10 cent, uh, seed versus, and we talked about this beforehand, I'm learning this lady's name, <laughs> number f- four seed, Ons Jabur. Yep, yeah, sounds yeah, great to me. That was all right. Yeah. Um, it's between those two for the final for the WTA uh, 500. And their paths to get there were against star studded athletes. But the cool thing about Anz is it's our first ever final appearance talk about the jitters whole oh, baby right <laughs> and the next grand slam coming up is Roland Garros at the end of May and i just for for the you know the the title names the marquee names in in tennis mm-hmm. they're being knocked out in the round of 32 round of 16 i think we're going to see a huge change in the landscape The landscape yeah. of tennis coming up here in the next little bit. Serena did do a little teaser. I don't know if you <laughs> saw, saw that. that. Running to <laughs> Wimbledon. I'm like, yeah. obviously everybody is like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. But who knows if it's actually yeah, true or I not. I did see that. Which like... That's a good little troll, probably. Yeah. But I wouldn't be opposed to seeing her back on a court, that's for sure. No, not at all. So <laughs> that was when I was looking at, you know, the seeds and where people were being knocked off and where who was making it. I'm like, I think the women's tennis landscape, especially since we just saw Ashley Barty retire, mm-hmm. Serena Williams, who knows, she's just living her life to mm-hmm. the absolute fullest. Um I think the landscape is going to change the most it has in probably the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, you're probably not wrong. And, and, and that's what makes th- this time in women's sports so exciting mm-hmm. is that everywhere we look, there are incredibly talented athletes mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah. Like I was a half-assed good athlete in my day and I would be a schmuck. Yeah. (laughs) In the landscape of of athletes in today's world. That's how it feels. That's what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Is they are just. And it's exciting. And this goes back to the whole conversation, too, of now people see it more. Now people know more about it. Now the effort is increasing. Parents are now being like. Advocating for. 100%. So it's like this, everyone, you know put women's sports on TV. Well, this is this is the positive effect of it. Mm-hmm. It's happening right now. So imagine when it's on TV 50-50. And I think, you know, this is, would be just a message to
0: uh, for me all all sports fans or or parents, managers in in even youth athletics. Like there are people that want to follow as these athletes grow. Yeah. Myself included. And it is painstaking to me in a lot of cases where you try to follow. I, know, I understand that we cannot have live stream of prep schools and AAA all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. I get that the infrastructure that we have in arenas and gymnasiums and stuff doesn't match that. Right. But do your kids the service of, of putting it out into the world? Yeah. I would follow. Yeah. I would follow a period by period or a, a set by set or an inning by inning, um, recap of what's happening out there. And I think when we start to do that and we start to snowball it from the very grassroots of it all Mm -hmm. up, it changes the expectations that us as fans have of what we expect to see. And then that changes the way that we advocate and push for it because we're accustomed to it from the time that our
1: kids enter the sport. Yeah. A thou, like perfectly said, perfectly said, because it's, it's, it's the expectation that people walk into and how mm-hmm. would you know any different? Yep. Huge. Yep. Yeah. Let's just do that. Hey, let's just do that. <laughs> let's just do that. Yeah. Um, and so just to kind of round off here, just wanted to give um, an update just on LPGA stuff. Nellie Corda did provide a procedures update. She did have mm-hmm. blood clots, which is scary, scary, is scary. 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 Yep. Um, so she looks like she is on the mend. And had successful surgery.
0: Um is gonna have to do some rehab, some probably some pretty significant rehab mm-hmm. in that. But hopefully she is on the upward side of that into returning sooner yeah, than later.
1: Absolutely. Cause the lotto championships in Hawaii start next weekend. And I am I'm gonna be having a watchful eye on her sister, Jessica Corda yeah, because she whew, um Jennifer Cupcho came out with a win, but Mm, Jessica was right there last week so that's going to be great so yeah Nellie Corda. quick speedy recovery because yeah. we need you back
0: you know that's not the best time to have to live in a tropical place when you because when you have a blood clot you have to wear the compression yeah sleeve. that would be sweaty it's less sweaty here if she wants to come to Canada yeah. we're supposed to get snow
1: <laughs> the golf dome
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> You're gonna hang go out, play at the golf dome Hammer balls through the golf dome probably
1: yeah for thinking. sure for sure so um that's that's a full week yeah that's a full week of yeah, stuff
0: totally and i think um you know one thing that i do want to say before because it'll be longer than final words i think we need to give a big shout out to adam because Adam, so Adam Williams is our, our the produce, producer of this podcast. He does a fantastic job of making us sound good every week, look good every week for, for YouTube, for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. And the only reason that we were able to get this thing up and running in the, in the beginning of all of this is because Adam lent us microphones. He told us what to buy, how to do it. He spent <laughs> hours with us on FaceTime. Um, his hard work is paying off in his own personal life. So congratulations to him on that. But a big thank you to Adam. Oh. We got our own mics now. We got So our we can own ship the <laughs> borrowed mics back to, to Adam. Took us twenty episodes. But uh, Adam, you're a lifesaver.
1: Yeah, there's no amount of thank yous that we can give you. It was it was yeah from the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would uh, ooh, you guys might press mute if you uh, if we didn't have Adam. <laughs>
1: yeah. Amazing. Yeah, thank you very, very much, very much. It's greatly appreciated. Um and Another huge thing, merch. Yeah, you're right. So merch, um, one of the
0: biggest things, everything for us is learning curve. And so there are updated quantities. You can buy merch. We uh, right now got rid of the whites. We went with the black and the grays. Um, So they are available in all sizes to uh, get shipped out to you. We do have some fun things coming in terms of options of different color logos and Mm -hmm. and things like that. So uh, stay tuned. But if you are looking to rock beauty's merch, um, we would appreciate you just like every other, you know, like, subscribe, share. But the merch is coming. So get it while it's hot. Oh, amazing. She comfy she is comfy
1: she comfy <laughs> yeah. so yes please if you haven't already like subscribe uh join the beauties community we just mm-hmm. love it we love seeing it grow we love seeing amazing people be a part of it so please if you take a second out of your day that would be greatly appreciated huge mm-hmm. so cowie final words final words
0: uh we are getting into the, i guess approaching the middle of april and it is always continuing to be a fun time sitting down with you bud uh to all of the, those of you listening at home on your in your ear pods as you run wherever you are thank you for being a member of this community it means a ton to Addie and i uh it's continuing to grow so wherever you are if you can leave a, a like uh rate review the podcast share it in room of opportunity It is uh, how we continue to make sure that this grows and gets into the ears of people that that need to hear it and want to hear it. And Buddy, thank you for episode 21. I'm looking forward to the next one.
1: Thank you, and we'll see everybody next week.